Welcome to the next episode of What Would You Do If? This week we have been out to the team here at BDB and asked what they would ask Matt. Um, I've already got the fear. Have you got the fear? I've got a little bit of fear, yeah. Really? I've no idea, actually, you're actually, you're not planned for this, so I'm actually just <laughs> giving you this right between your eyes. Yep. So, you asked, Ollie asked, what would you do if a large group came in to buy BDB? Ooh, okay. Um... Well, I guess something that I don't think anybody knows anybody knows in the business, including my own shareholders, is that we recently had an approach from Ooh. that exact situation. So um, what was my uh, gut instinct for that? My gut instinct was uh, a bit of flattery. So it's nice when anybody expresses an interest or shows you any kind of interest in something you're building or creating. Um, however, um, I'm nowhere near finished with what I want to do uh, with this place yet. And... I say quite candidly to the team, you know, we 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 MBO'd it um, two years, two, two years ago now, um, and I don't know yet whether it'll be a fantastic lifestyle business or an absolutely epic global dominating group. Um, I know which one of my preferences, and it's certainly not the first. So, what was your initial feelings when you first got the? Do you, do you know them, by the way? Do you, do you know? Yeah. Who, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Know them. Know who they are. Know they're on an acquisitive warpath across the UK at the minute. Um, and for me personally, that just doesn't align with where we're at as a business, doesn't align with the culture we've created here, doesn't align with my vision for where we can take uh, the group. Um, and it's nothing to do with feeling like I'd failed myself or let the team down by this. And I've no idea what our culture was like post-acquisition. We've not been through it yet, but I guarantee it won't be. Well, it's going to be similar, it'd be similar, not similar to it, well... MBO that you did obviously was you were part of the team and here acquisitions a little well very different. Well, in the run up to the MBO, we effectively had four or five years of change management, driving change into this business and convincing people who I was, what I was about, and yeah, for good or bad. Some people love you, some people hate you, but you know, what's I saying? I'd rather be somebody shot a whiskey than everybody's cup of tea, and that's kind of my approach to life. But people who get it get it here now, and there's, there's a clear vision of where we want to take this company, and that isn't acquired by a big group at this stage so let's talk about the pros and cons yep. that you went through in your mind yes i think you you would have to sit back and like everything that you do consider stuff yeah yeah so talk us through that talk us through what process you went from the did you know the offer was coming no 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 no, no absolutely uh, curveball from some advisors um I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been in the I've been in the game long enough, and also in the professional services need to know an expression of interest isn't we want to buy your company, but an expression of interest is is exactly that. It's somebody that you know noted you, seen you, taken note of what you're doing, what you're achieving, um, and obviously see something in what you're trying to build or create. So for me, for me, that's exciting. So the first thing is we're doing right. Great. Well, we're doing. I think I know. I know. Sorry, I don't think I know we're doing right. That's more. That I don't need that validation. Um, it's more. Um, it's just nice to flattery that somebody else admires what you're doing maybe or sees that you're either taking market share from them or they want to mop up the, what you're achieving. So the, the first thing is flattery without doubt and then very quickly for me and you know me well enough and other people do, then it turns to what if this, what if this, my mind goes into like a risk planning strategy very quickly, uh, the, exactly the pros and cons of it. So pros of it, not many more after that point. Yeah, okay. So I don't. then I started the negatives of it is that it interferes with where I want to take the business is it the right time from a monetary perspective is it the right time in terms of evaluation the value we could deliver from that kind of opportunity so just give the people yep. that are listening yep. kind of a, a brief synopsis of where you want to take 
BDB. BDB has been trading for 30 years. Um, it is a fantastic business, 30 plus years I should say now. It's two years into our ownership. We are delivering double digit growth year on year. And for me, the number one priority for us is increasing our global footprint and creating what, we will, what will be an international marketing group to disrupt the B2B marketing sector. That's what I want to do. So it's nothing to do with being a lifestyle business or selling it to somebody. I actually want to disrupt the B2B space because I think there's an absolute opportunity to do so. You want to sell eventually though, right? Um, honest answer, I can't, I don't know. I love doing this. I love yeah. it. So in the sense of, I love all the stress, I love all the strains, I love all the problems, I love building the teams, I love running the teams. So it's not like coming to work, is it, sometimes? No, I mean, it's hard. It's bloody hard. I'd be lying if I didn't say it was hard. It's really difficult. Um, every day is a different challenge, but I, I thoroughly enjoy it. So what is your what is your end game then? If, if let's let's put you, yourself in other business owners' shoes, you, you're in a, from an agency from an agency point of but view. But it comes though, down, it comes down to it does come down to this, and we say this to clients all the time. We say to contact, what's your why? What what is your why? Mm. So my, my why and our why is a business here is to improve people's lives, which some people will go oh, sounds twee, but it's not. All the clients we work with improve people's lives in some way. So whether that's health related, longevity of life, quality of life making the roads safer. I can apply it to any client we work with, they improve people's lives in some way. And we're quite meticulous and prescriptive about what clients we do and don't work with in that way. Yeah. For me, what's my why? I get out of bed every day, I've got two young daughters, I've got a wife, I want to improve their lives. I want to improve the lives of every single person that works in this business. And people can misquote me all the time on it, but I'm really passionate about that. Like we've got, we've got a team of nearly 40 people now, and I take great pride, respect, and care in the fact that we've got to protect 40 salaries, 40 home lives, yeah. um, dependents, younger children, um, and that's my number one priority, that, that alone. So that is improving lives. I want to improve the lives of the team. I want to make them better. I want to make them better educated. I want to make them better individuals. And if they leave here, better people, then I kind of feel like we've done well. So do I want to sell and is money the object? No, I, lo I love nice things. I know you love nice things. Love nice things. But so... It doesn't drive me. So do, do you not believe in that? Having I, another nice watch doesn't get me up in the morning. Do you not believe, though, that everyone has a price? I think everybody has a price. So... But if you say to me, what is it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's the, as honest as I can be. Would you, would, you know in your, would you know in your stomach, though? When you, you know that you got that feeling when you got the offer initially? Yeah. Uh, well, the offer is more an expression of interest. So that's more of a, this person would like to look at acquiring you. Acquiring at that you. point, it's not, we want to give you 100 million view business or something. No. But, um, everybody, everybody's got a price, I guess, ultimately. But if that price enabled me to improve the lives of the people that surround me and the team here, and I, and I do, as much as, you know, Henry and Sue had raised a fantastic business to previous owners and the incumbents, that is for anybody that's not referenced it previously, they were very cautious about who they handed their business to. Right, so. And I understand why now. Mm. Um, maybe I was a bit flippant about it at the time that, I don't know, I don't know maybe I was, but I think when you look back on it now. Well, it was their baby, wasn't it? And they yeah, were if handing... I, if, I, if I was going to move mine on to somebody else, um, you know, other agencies have done this recently across the Northwest, and I've been watching with, with interest and speaking to people that work there of how the culture does change. Um, I'd want to leave this business in somebody's hands that I felt either championed the cause or supported the culture that we developed over the last five, six, seven years. And if if that wasn't the case, I don't know what I don't know if I would go for the price, which is interesting. That's what I, I don't know. Yes, yeah, so what you're saying is the plan is more valuable than the the, the price. 
in terms of what they'd want to do with it, how yeah, they'd pe- take it People, forward. I know people listening in, maybe team members here will call bullshit on that, but that just proves they don't know me well enough. So in the sense of, I'd want somebody to take the business on that either felt they could take it onto the next level that maybe I couldn't. I don't know where that is yet, but I mean it in the sense of if they could do that, then great. I don't know if they can. Um, or somebody that added something into the mix, either increase the value, the quality of our service offering, something like that, that makes people's lives better here and enhances what we can sell to people. Um, I wouldn't just sell if somebody walked in and said, right, you need 100, 100 million, I'll give you. You go, like, well, what are you going to do with it? Because it's amazing when you, when you take on a business you know, and I've got three parts and three shareholders, not just me, I'm speaking about this and me because it's my podcast, but yeah. in the sense of our business, I'm becoming incredibly precious about it. It's your baby. Yeah, but you, just because you nearly acquired someone mm. last year, so I, I think it's a probably really good time to touch on that. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you want to give us a, a sort of brief overview of... Yeah, just an opportunity came up, not at the right time, not at the right place, certainly not at the right point in our kind of plan or cycle. Um why did you think about acquiring it? Uh, because it was a great opportunity and I could see the reason why we should, why, why it would work and why it would add value to our group and why it would make us more stronger and instantly in my head the, the, the cogs start turning very rapidly in terms of what, how you could make that into a more formidable service offering to grow quicker and grow faster through um, an acquisition alongside the, the intense organic growth for experience. So you sat on the other side of the, that table, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so, but a big part of that process was, would it be a good cultural fit? Would it be like bringing two very disparate businesses together? How would that work? Um, and I think looking back on it, it, it was a blessing in disguise that it didn't happen at that time. Who knows what will happen in the future? I can't pass comment, but um, that involves two people being back around the table. So um, I think all I can say at this point is on that. Um, if it had have happened, who knows how we'd have survived because the the... The strides we've made forward in our own business plan, our journey, our business, our new business, our organic growth, our service offering. I don't know how I'd have spread myself across two, maybe three locations if that had to come off. So I think looking back on it, it's like a blessing. Yeah, I think so. I think I think so. Yeah. Um, but you'd have made it work. That's the other way of looking at it. Yeah. I guarantee you we would have done so. So again, just, just going back to my, my question before about mm-hmm. where where you see BDB's vision yep. in the future, yep. which is kind of reason why people want to acquire us because they can see that we are yep. striving towards yep. bigger and better things. Yep. I want I want to develop a group. I am developing a group. You know, I'm sorry, it's, it's coming probably coming later this year. Keep your eyes peeled. But in the sense of BDB will always be the beating heart or the lifeblood of that group in my mind. And whenever you develop it, and new entities and new service offerings come up. I think it can be seen as that you're stepping away from something and investing your interest elsewhere. Um, you know, we've discussed it before, and I won't use the term entrepreneur, but when you're in the role that you're in as a CEO, is what I would say that your mind goes to other areas. You can see areas for development, and it involves you having to go into other areas of the business and maybe hand the reins to somebody else at some point, or trust others to kind of deliver what you think. Um, but BDB will always, always be the, the beating heart of the business that's, that's kicked everything else off and shaped where things go. And, that, and there's certainly always a place for it in the market. Um, not, you know, if, it, if nothing else happened other than BDB for the next 20, 30 years for me, You'd be I'd be really excited to see where BDB is in 20, 30 years. But I just think it, we can do something so much bigger. We've got so many talented people in mm. the business. And by creating something bigger, better, bolder, more disruptive, I think we can continue to attract the best people in the marketplace. But I think everyone throws around the disruptive tag yeah. when in the in the business world. Yeah. And I think to be truly disruptive, yeah. you know, you have to really 
put your head above the parapet, don't well, you? Well, I might, I might be more prescriptive in what I'm saying. By disruptive, I mean I want to go after the big boys, the big, fat, lazy agencies out there, the multi-network people who are complacent. I think they can hold ground with some of the big, sophisticated business they're working with, and we're more agile at the minute, and we have the ability to bring solutions and ideas to the table, and we're getting these opportunities, and we're winning these opportunities because... Why do you think we're winning so many opportunities currently? What do you think the difference is? I know we've, I know we've got the... One of the big, one of the big reasons is um, we give a shit. I can say that, sorry. But in the sense of one of our big points is, you know, our success is wholly contingent on the client's success. We are an owner-managed business. We are independent. We, 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 can't, we haven't got a name to fall back on. We have to, for a bit, you know what I mean by that, in the sense of we're yeah. well-known in certain sectors and certain industries and certain areas of the market. But you know, BDB isn't an Ogilvy, BDB isn't a McCann, BDB isn't an IPG or something like this to fall back on. No. So we're only, we're only ever as good as our last job. You know, I've worked at a PwC, I've worked at a big, big, big outfit, whereas, you, I'm not saying you can do this, but you can cock up one job and, it, and you still get away with it on the basis that you've got the brand name stood behind you and you'll rectify you it can't. and you've got so many, you can't, you can't do it in an owner money's business. But for me, that's really exciting because it makes you produce your best on a daily basis. So everything we pitch for, everything we present for, everything we deliver, we do, we do what we say we'll do. And so many other people don't. So sometimes it's back to the basics, I guess, of why, we, why we're in stuff. One, it's the intellectual power that we're... The power, the brain power we've got in this building to understand some of the most complex and technical clients you can imagine. You know, and you've been with us a few months. You must have seen that now. It's weird. It's mind blowing, though, isn't it? Yeah. It is. My, I think that's. I think that's the. I think my, obviously, biggest challenge coming into the business. I think anyone who comes into BDB's biggest challenge is, and I guess this is a question as well for you. And I think we've covered it. We covered it when we we're in Dubai in yeah. terms of. I think the, your biggest challenge for this business is when we when we look at growth and look at global growth, mm-hmm. and you look at the opportunities we're winning, and the, they, they get they seem to get more and more technical and more yeah. and more science driven. Yeah, and obviously that is where our main SP is, mm-hmm. but also then bringing in people into the business that get that. But you can, you can find them. And you can certainly nurture that kind of talent through the ranks as well if they've got the right background, right work ethic, right intellectual power. So they might not know how to do marketing in, I don't know, um, food, health, sciences, innovation or whatever. But we can teach that. You can teach that and you can nurture that kind of talent. The talent is out there. I would argue from a, I can't make this comment so sweepingly, but from from a northwest of the UK perspective, we've probably got some of the best talent available in the marketplace. Uh, And I'm proud to say that. Are there others out there? Yeah, if there are, we'll find them. And we've got some. I think we've got some excellent apprentices, to be yeah, honest with you. And I think that right through the ranks, that's been a conscious decision to invest in that. A conscious decision to invest in the next level of talent and train them and nurture yeah. them and not write them off so quick like people do. And you know, I would the first one to batter people here for doing that in the sense of, you know, when they say oh, they're not they're not good enough or they can't do this yet, we we'll teach them, show them, you know, invest in them and and, and nurture that talent through. Well, so. that's actually where I think when we when you look at being disruptive and you look at the likes of social chains um, who actively probably don't really employ anyone under 30, yeah. yet they are one of the fastest growing businesses in the world because they trust in, they trust in that, that generation. Yeah, but they're disruptive in a different way. I, 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 I love their work. I listen to the podcast. I enjoy them. I, I learn from them. I love the, the, the um, diary CEO in terms of like listening to who the business leaders they speak to and picking up sound bites and snippets and ideas from those kind of thing so so all credit to them and you know mr bartlett certainly leads the way on that kind of stuff as, as championing that cause b2b is different 
there's a gap. Very different. B2B so it's still very safe. It's very still safe. very corporate at times. It's still very professional. And mm. I'm not saying we're not that. We're, we're all that. We're absolutely at that end of the market. Yeah. But bringing in a bit more flair and a bit more tech and a bit more future-proofed ideas. And but I think we have to learn from the B2C market, don't we? We have to yeah, learn from it. We do. Because I mean, I, I, it, it is it's a faster sort of pace learning But I think that's always been the case. And you do as much reading as you want about how... B2B is becoming close to B2C and at the end of it it's all human to human and all that stuff but you know we have some regurgitating marketing stuff it's yeah. more of a case people buy individuals we've got some great individuals in this place mm. we'll continue to attract more and more great individuals um, most people get it it's, it, it's work hard it's play hard it's a great culture we've got here it's a really nice team we've got up to 40 people it's still a family based mentality and I'm I'm doing my best to grow this business and maintain that culture and I will yeah. I hope in 10 years' time we're doing whatever the version of a podcast is discussing it, and we've done Episode that. 159, well, yeah. It might be that, we'll probably do it for like telepathy or something, aren't we? But yeah. in the sense of the protecting that culture that Henry and Sue built, we've developed and taken strides on, and then growing alongside it. Cause I think most businesses, as they grow, sacrifice the culture at some point. Why do you think that is, though? Processes, control, the need for procedure, because I think people... To myself here. I think I think people end up compromising on the quality of who they hire because exactly what you said earlier that as you're growing you need to onboard new talent faster and quicker all the time. So in the sense of how that works for me, I don't think you can onboard. Um, sorry, I've just been interrupted by some cleaners coming in. It's throwing me slightly off my uh, path there. But what, what I was saying was, I don't think you can onboard talent all the time. So you end up panic buying, as I call it, getting right. getting bums on seats. At that point, you've gone against the quality of what you and it affects the bar the you set. Yeah, so the culture, everybody will tell you here, I hope that I have this mantra of like banging about being exceptional only. And I'm not saying the candidates when you hire them have to be exceptional, but they have to have exceptional potential because of the nature of the clients we work with. Mm. The moment you don't do that, you give up on that, and when you get weaker individuals in your team, you're forced to introduce policies, procedures, and controls to control the weaker individuals. You get people that can embrace and work well in a, in a culture of freedom, responsibility, our Netflix and that kind of thing, then they're the kind of people we need. And I'm desperately trying to grow this business whilst maintaining that, and it's hard. It's really hard. Because you, you, you will get to a breaking point, won't you, where, where that... I don't that, know. I don't know, will you? No, I'm saying, I'm saying yeah. to you, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Everybody tells me you do. Everybody preaches you do. Everybody tells me it's really hard to get a business past 40 people, 50 people, 60 people. People tell me 20 was hard. People tell me 30 was hard, mm. but we're still doing it. And I think it's a conscious choice for me as a business leader to alter your tact. And, and I also think it comes into play probably when, as a business leader, you delegate more and more responsibility to the next level beneath you. So next level of maybe management or hierarchy, and it's not hierarchy, you'll hear in the upper, you can vouch for that again. But in the sense of the next level, you, as much as you can try and instill that belief, leadership, qualities, whatever in them, they are different. They're not necessarily going to run it exactly in your cloned format. So, but you, I think There's so many challenges. Yeah. But I'm, 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 I've heard so many people say you can't do that and you can't do this and you can't be friends with your team and you can't be pally with them and you can't go on nights out and you've got to leave early. You've ever said before, and I, I just don't. I don't believe it. Like I, I will. I'll probably go home early because I'm the most drunk. But that's nothing to do with that. It's more of a. I, I wholeheartedly want to grow this team, maintain the culture, and until until I've run out of steam, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, and I think you have to. I think you are building now a team underneath you that can carry on delivering what we've set out to do. I think every single every single member of our team, I can say this, 
like looking you dead in the eye, and I don't think many other people can say this, has or either is exceptional or has exceptional potential. Everybody that's in this building now, every single one of them, some of them don't think they've got it yet, some of them are lacking confidence, some of them need a lot more nurturing than others. They all could be great in different ways and they've all got very, very complementary skills to bring to the table and each one can add something different into the mix. And I love the fact everybody's different. I love the fact you've joined as you're different. I love the fact all four of us that own and run the business are wildly different. Wildly different. But that's great. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that. Right? So that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, and it's really hard. And, and that's probably the hardest part of the role. So, any, so just switching it back to the... Could could have been potential takeover. Yeah. How does how is that decided from a board level then? What what's the we have what's uh, the procedure? Different shareholdings in play with us, but yeah. we all all four of us have an equal vote. Um. So if it was a kind of if it was on that basis, um, we'd meet about it, we'd discuss it. We've not even done that. This is the first time I've ever mentioned it because it's not something to table at this point because it wouldn't get the right value, and I know this kind of thing. Um, so sorry guys for this first time you're hearing about this but it wouldn't give us what we need right now what we've set out as our plan and our vision for the business but, so say for example there was an, a tabled offer what, what what would the just just give people the idea of I'd want to meet I'd call a board meeting with the guys yeah. uh, we don't. We meet formally every month we speak on a daily basis we sit in the same room together most of us day in day out and sit next to each other um, but more formal meeting to kind of un, understand one people's appetite to explore and exit at this point Management of expectations then kicks in in terms of value because I say we're not where we want to be yet. No. Nope. Um, so it wouldn't be the Nirvana pipe dream stuff we've discussed in the past of having yachts and retiring in the Bahamas somewhere. It'd be more of a uh, this is you're going to deliver this. Is that of interest to you? Um, we could all have a vote and a say in a discussion on it. What if it was 50 50? Uh, I get decided to say. Right, okay. But that's just more of a, a shareholder agreement point. Somebody's got to Somebody's got to have final say on things. And that's more of a role and responsibility perspective because you certainly come down to saying, I do like this as an analogy, somebody's got to be a head judge, otherwise you'll never make any progress. Somebody's got to be the one. So even with the Gen Z podcast we're doing at the minute, so somebody's got to lead that, somebody's got to drive that. If you don't know what that is, check us out. I'm sure there'll be a link somewhere for you to look at. But um, it's important that somebody in that group steps up and leads and drives. Mm. And for me, if a deadlock situation will result in no progress if not steps backwards, whereas somebody's got to be the one to make that decision. Um, so that tough, is, though. Yeah, really, really tough. What I, would say, what I would say so far, we've never had that situation. I'm not saying we wouldn't, by the way. I mean, we've never had it to date in the sense of we're normally really aligned. Would you, would, would, you, would you find that hard to make that? If that, no. If that no. No. Really? No. Because if one of them... No, I wouldn't. Because if one of them wants to sell and it's not for the right value, it's because I truly, truly believe... I can sell it for more. So if they if they wanted to exit at that point for that value, and I knew that was under what I could achieve, maybe, maybe you'd be talking buyout, maybe you'd be talking about buying a partner out at that point. It's a different kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. I don't see it happening because when we all bought into this two years ago, we were very committed and very clear about what we think we can do mm. with it. And You've I'm, got a clear I'm, vision, haven't you? I'm adamant we can do it. It's not a false belief. It's not stupidity. It's, not it's certainly not confidence or arrogance. And I wholeheartedly believe in what we set out to do, we can do. So I know how profitable BDB is. Yeah. Um, but again, I think people listening to the podcast in the midst of Brexit, because mm. um, we've got Wonderful. five or six minutes to just thrash this little last bit out. Why, yeah. why are people still acquiring companies potentially? Because uh, all I hear in the market is... Probably, probably and this is my very sceptical view, looking to get a cheap deal. If you're looking to sell your business, now it's not the right time to be selling your business. It might depend on what sex you're in, I'm not debating that. But we, so, so far, to date, Brexit hasn't affected us. Um, 
Touch, touch wood. wood. Touch wood, no, exactly. We've not had any issues with clients um, because we export services and sell overseas. The currency hasn't really impacted us to a great deal. If anything, it's made us more profitable, more competitive in Europe because we're not exporting widgets or, or physical goods. It's just services, the levies, the taxes and those kind of things, I hope, probably won't impact us. So um, we've made other plans to mitigate that, if you don't want to go into here, but in the sense of just hypothetically speaking, we're protected against kind of Brexit as much as we think we can be for the meantime, albeit not an issue. Um, so we're, we're performing as well as we ever have been for many other businesses. If you were to sell now in a panic, fire sale type environment that you're worried about Brexit, you think your business is going to suffer, it would be exactly that fire sale that you are accepting that you're going to sell at a discounted price and a discounted value. So I'm sure many, many international acquirers would be looking at us and other businesses thinking we'd be panicking mm. and thinking now's a great time to strike. Because a lot of agencies struggle, don't they? And, 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 and I think Brexit will affect some of those Whenever there's a lack of confidence in the marketplace, then people contract their spend. Contracting spend, what's the first thing that goes? Marketing. I always find... Having having learned from Sue Dixon, a little name check if you you ever listen to this, it's the most strange thing to do. Strange. Contracting your marketing spend when you're trying to sell more. Yeah. But I get it from an an FD point of view of what, what can we cut... What is but why is why it always baffles me though? It always baffles. Don't let's stop can, the thing that brings us in the most leads. Not enough marketeers prove return on investment. It's a whole different podcast. But not enough marketeers stand behind return on investment. So as a finance guy, you stand there looking at a 50, 100, 300, 500 grand spend on marketing with no proof of what that's delivered. But I, I don't think you can necessarily say that in the modern day though. I think I think that what in the modern day everything's as trackable as absolutely possible you know as well as i do yeah. how many businesses track things that's yeah, the point yeah. so i'm not saying it's, i'm not saying it's it can't be done yeah i'm saying there's an awful lot of marketing agencies out there that will bang out campaigns with no tangible results mm. will happily spend people's marketing budgets with nothing to stand behind and if you're if you're struggling what do you cut that no, that so. stuff that's got no no value or no intrinsic value to it yeah so people cut it and then that does impact obviously the marketing agencies and i think you know, we're of a level now, certainly not a big complacent level, but we're not a £1 million turnover business. And there's a lot of sub £1 million agencies that kick about and, yeah. and, and, and some great agencies at that level, yeah, by yeah. the way, so I'm not criticising it. It's more of a, they're more vulnerable. Because yeah. I'm sure they rely on some key clients. If they start contracting spend, they're in trouble. And um, if they have a couple of bad months, then? Most of our clients are pan-European or global. So they're not looking, they're not even impacted by Brexit, most of them, so they're not looking to contract the spend. So, so to wrap this up, yeah. As I always ask you right at the end to kind of give your, I will say, if, if anyone gets an offer from a business or an offer like you've had, what is your kind of top tips to sort of take a minute, mark your emotion? So um, certainly don't do any, you know, quick reactions to anything. Think, think about it, reflect on it, sleep on it. Um, the biggest one for me is. I always say this, but don't don't forget on why you, why you started the journey, mm. and at what point you wanted to get off that journey. You, everybody does that, I'm sure. I hope that most people should have an idea of when they want to get off the treadmill. What what the number is, as you say, or what how what how old they are, or everybody has different goals. There's something that hopefully is an end game for most people that they don't just want to be working until they, they die. Some people do, and but but for me personally. Stay true to your cause in that sense, in a way, yeah, yeah. and don't lose sight of that, and don't be tempted by the devil that is cash, because somebody that's got significant sums of money that I know says, you know, it can what is this for? It can deliver uh, happiness, but not fulfillment or something like. That. No, uh, it's not that one. It can deliver. 
happiness, what's the word? Pleasure, but not fulfillment. So, so there's pleasure, not fulfillment. I've heard that before. No, a lot of people say it, but I think it's quite true, probably. That, yeah. Right? You've, you've got a massive bank balance the next day. Everybody will say, well, again, bullshit. That's not money. It, I'm, I'm not debating. Money, Listen, can, money, money makes, can make, make it, things easier. can make you a lot easier. Yeah. And you have some great holidays. But once you've got all that out of your system and you bought the car and you crashed the car and you've got not, you know, whatever it may be, what, 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 what are you left with? What, what, what are you doing, really? So, yeah. And that's why I think most entrepreneurs you see say, I'm never doing this again. They sell out and they start a new business two years so later. I, 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 think what, I think what you're actually saying is... <laughs> what am I saying? You're saying that you, you want to leave a legacy rather than... I want to make a difference. Yeah. That's, that's it's legacy, I'm, isn't it? Yeah, but not in like an X-Men-style comic book way. Like It's more of a... I just want to. I could just see you as Wolverine as well. Some people would say I've got some claws at times, but no, it's more for for me. It's more of a making make making a difference. Maybe say what do you want to remember? As what do you want people to hear in your obituary? You know that kind of deep dark stuff that people ask questions on. The honest answer is I don't know. And to be to be known as a nice guy that made a difference to some people's lives probably isn't strong enough yet. No, but we'll see. I don't know. Maybe that's something that you need to think about. I probably have thought about it enough, but it's more of a. Yeah, answers might surprise you. Maybe it's another podcast. <laughs> it definitely is another podcast. Right, we'll wrap that up. Um, Great. Thanks for everyone for listening. Please put any questions or queries into us and what you want Matt to cover on future podcasts. And more importantly, um, click that magic subscribe button and leave us some reviews if you want to, if you've enjoyed the podcast. So thank you very, very much.